Hi, welcome to Women CEO in Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Cheryl Mobley. She's the CEO and founder of Recalibrate, a boutique advisory firm for those who dare to lead, especially those who have what it takes to lead against the current. Her firm identifies choke points so leaders can take their organizations to the next level. Prior to Recalibrate, Cheryl was a hospital president where her hospital consistently excelled and hit 99th percentile in performance in their metrics, which led her to create the B99 Guiding Questions Framework to share with leaders who want to unlock that next level of performance inside their own organization. Cheryl recognizes that so many of us who lead drive headlong into the wrong direction and wondering why work is so exhausting. For those bold enough to take a U-turn, work can change for the better. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. So what you say resonates, I'm sure, with a lot of people. You're working, you're driving towards metrics for your company or or the company you work for. And not all of us succeed, you know, get to that 99th percentile. And we burn out trying to do everything we can to, to get as close as we can to that to that point. So how did you, you know, how did you get to that point in the hospital where where, you know, what was what was driving you to try to reach that 99 percentile? And then when you got it, right, what led you to take the next step and start your own company? Mm, so great question. So the when I stepped into the president role, it was already a really good hospital, right? No question. And I have uh, before I was doing that for the hospital, uh, one of my roles was quality. And when you do quality, you measure things right that are very important for the care primarily of your patients and i kind of annoyed people because i'm like no our goal is a hundred percent they're like well we'll never hit a hundred percent i'm like we're not striving for 70 percent. okay i'm sorry right <laughs> we're just not gonna do that we're going to go for a hundred we may not hit it but that's what we're going for thank you very much and so i was kind of a unpleasant voice for some because i was like no 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 because well but we're at 65 so 70 would be great and i'm like yeah no right <laughs> So when I became president, it was the same thing. It's like our goal as a hospital is to be the absolute best place to give and receive care. Period. And whatever that means, whatever that leaves off the table, whatever that puts on the table, that's our goal. And everything kind of flows through that, right? That's our that's our gig. And so for me, it was really about going, I am not a subject matter expert on a lot of things, right? <laughs> a lot of things, I don't know, I'm not clinical, but in a hospital, clinical is really important. And so I would find people on our team and say, here's your task. Here's where we wanna end up, kind of flawless, right? <laughs> this is what we wanna end up doing. Y'all go look at it, you pull together a team, you tell me what you need, you tell me what's in your way and let's get after it, right? Cause y'all are the ones that know. And routinely, different groups did exactly that. Different teams were just amazing. So for me, it's really about if you're going to do something, whatever it is, whether it's start your own company, work for somebody else, whatever it is, do the absolute best you can. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that has to look at yourself in the mirror. You know. And for us, especially in a hospital, no one wants to be with you. right? There's nobody that says, I want to be admitted to a hospital today. Yes. <laughs> You know, so it's a tough time anyway. And it's like our task is to make this as, I'm not going to say easy because it's never easy, but right, but remove anything that makes it harder. Um, and that means taking care of our staff as well, right? And so for us, it was really about what does that look like to be the best place to give and receive care? 
the reason that I ultimately left that role as president, I ended up doing it for five years. And honestly, as a backdrop, I had never wanted to be president. I'd actually told to my mentor, I said, I, he was like third in the company at the time, like 23,000 people. I said, don't ask me to be president. I don't want to do it. Don't ask me. And he called me. I'm like, you're going to do it. You're going to ask me, aren't you? You're just going to do it. He's like, yeah, if you would just, just for a year or two, please. So we ended up doing it for five years and it was an amazing experience. But part of it you learn is it's not about you. You can make things harder for people, but as a leader, your job is to remove barriers that allow others to succeed. But it's also being really clear what to say no to. And that's no to your boss, right? <laughs> that's no to your team, right? So that's being really, really clear. And what happened was we were consistently hitting what we call in, in healthcare, it's called 99% top performance, meaning that yours only 1% is better than you. There is no hundredth percent, right? So you're pretty much the best there is. And we kept doing it over and over and over again. And I would have people come to me and go, how? I mean, how How do you do that? And after a couple of my folks went to different offsite meetings, they came back and they said independently of each other, different meetings, right? One clinical, one not. I said, you know, it's really not nice out there. It's really not good. And they were like, "It's I like our bubble. Our bubble is good. And that was really my, I call it kind of the, the boot and the tush to go, you need to get out there and help others who want to do this but don't know how, right? Because I i don't know about you, but I have certainly been in situations where I'm like, please, do I really have to go to work today? I mean, really, it's horrible. It sucks the life out of you. So I know what that's like. And then I've had the gift of this other experience. And most of us have to work. We like to eat on a regular basis. We have children, four-leggeds, right? Whoever <laughs> that think they should eat all the time. So you need income coming in, but it doesn't have to drain the life out of you. So really my reason for leaving the hospital was because I knew absent anything really horrible that the systems were in place, it was gonna continue and be amazing because there was no reason for it to jump off the rails. But for other people who didn't know how, to me, it just felt like a responsibility and an obligation to say, here's how, if you want to, because most people unfortunately don't. It feels like too much work or they don't wanna be bothered or it doesn't feel important. But for those that do, you know, we support them. That's great. One of the things you said that I really liked was um, you asked the teams to go back and think about kind of what they needed, right, to be successful. Mm -hmm. And you basically empowered them to go think outside the box and go, hey, if anything is possible, what would you achieve? Right. Mm -hmm. And they're, those are the, I find are the most successful teams. And when you give them that, that, you know, their creativity starts saying, well, we may not be able to achieve a hundred, but we can achieve 99. It gives them mm -hmm. that limitless possibility where before it's like, well, you have to achieve these and you're giving them these goals. They may not be so open to that, but you mm -hmm. really just went and empowered them to go think about what would be successful mm -hmm. to their individual teams. And that kind of broke through their, you know, work exhaustion or demotivation to actually come up with some great metrics. And the one thing I would add that um, a CNO, a chief nursing officer is like amazingly important in hospital, right? Because most of, you know, your nursing is a huge component of the care that you receive. And we would both independently of each other when we were out in public being recognized for our hospital's performance. 
we would immediately, we would laugh at this. We might not even be sitting next to each other, but we would find out later that we had both sent emails back to our teams saying, you rock, everybody's recognizing how amazing you are and what you did and what a difference you're making. And we would just laugh because we both did that, you know, because the recognition isn't ours, it's theirs, right? And they need to know that they're being lifted up. And that's something that's really, really easy to do, but it makes you feel seen. Right. And recognized and knowing that you were the one that did the work and you were the one that's recognized for doing the work beyond just your own setting. And that's a good leader. I've always made sure that my teams felt like they were valued and their work mattered Mm -hmm. um, and that they had a voice because sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really hard to have a voice, especially in like a big corporation or something. Um, So let me ask you about metrics because I'm an IT person. So I'm going to how do you make sure Right within your fa- framework, how do you make sure that they're they're working towards the right metrics? How do you make sure that they're quality and they mean something? Because sometimes you can skew metrics in your favor, but it it really is not a, a good value to your organization. No, amazing question. So one of the things that I did after I left the hospital when I started recalibrate was really go, okay, I need to reverse engineer what we did to be so different and distinctive. Because it again, it wasn't about me, right? It's like, what did we do? And I created this kind of the B99 guiding questions framework because I'm an annoying two-year-old. I'm so good with questions, right? <laughs> Make people <laughs> But it's really about asking the right questions. And if you ask the right questions, you measure the right things, right? And so for this, I identified kind of seven drivers, puzzle pieces, pick your choice, that really we nailed both from a leadership perspective, but also individual team, right? And so it's really, the, I mean, to begin with, this is not going to shock anybody, but it's having clarity. But a lot of us go, I had clarity before. And I'm like, that's awesome. And nothing's changed since then, right? <laughs> Good for you, right? So it's about being really, really clear why you exist. And for me, I have, um, the way the world is going, a pretty unusual viewpoint that you don't exist as an organization for you. You exist to make something better for whoever's benefiting from what you're creating. And that shifts everything because right now a lot of us have gotten way too enthusiastic about it's all about me, 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 me. It's not, right? You know, I mean, like I said, in the hospital, we exist to take care of these patients and families. If they don't need us, we don't exist, nor should we. Right. And in some industries, it's really clear. In others, it's kind of murkier because you don't have a clear end person who uses what you do or you, you know, you dovetail into a lot of other things. But it's like, what, why do we exist? What are we here to do? We're here to make their life better in a really difficult time and give them the best outcome and maybe a chance to live when they might not with somebody else cared for them. And I think a lot of organizations today have lost that. And if you have that front and center in your face, then the metrics you need to measure almost create themselves. It's like, what do we need to do? you know, to get there, to be the best we can be for the people that use what we create. And then the challenge is not to have 500 of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, oh, wait, this is, no, 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 no. What, what are the base things we need to do? Because none of us get really jazzed about being overwhelmed by multiple things you can't focus on. We have this lovely thing in the U.S. called priorities. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Why? It ends with a why, not an IES. It's what is your priority? Right. And so it's that ruthlessness, you know, so I think it's twofold, really. It's knowing what do you exist and it better not be about you. You know, why are you here and what is it that's going to take 
really pare down to at least start that way. You know, you know, I may not finish in two months, probably you won't, but what are the things that you need to really rock to start that journey in a way that isn't going to like, go, stop, go, stop, right? Turn around. Oh, we missed something, right? Because that's exhausting. People, I don't know about you, but I know when I felt like it was kind of plan du jour, I just check out. This is like, well, if you're going to keep changing it, I'm not going to throw my energy behind it because you're just going to change right. it again in a day or two. So a smart person says, okay, I'm here. You do. You go have fun. <laughs> Right. And that's the yeah. leader's job is that clarity, right? And that consistency that isn't knee-jerk short-term. Another thing we're doing a lot of right now. And it's like, it doesn't serve anyone at all to do that. Yeah. You mentioned, I, I think about situations where the leadership, they would just change directions all the time. Their metrics changed, their goals changed. I mean, it was just so inconsistent mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I got to the point where like, they didn't matter. Anything they did every day didn't change what I had to do every to do, day right? to finish. Right. And, and, and that, that makes it no fun. You know, you mm-hmm. really want to be a part of something bigger. You want to be a part of a, of a, of an organization that where you feel like everything that you do does matter. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you make sure that, um, you know, you're helping others achieve their goals and organizations That's a big ask, right? That's a lot of work to put together metrics mm-hmm. and help organizations, uh, adhere to them and, and hit that 99 percentile. What do you do for yourself to make sure that you make yourself a priority? And and what are your goals in, in doing that? Oh, so awesome. So to it's actually really ironic. So that's the reason I'm smirking. So on the, the B99 guiding questions framework, there's one of the drivers is community. And to me, community starts with me or you or whoever the leader is. And the question is for the leader is basically, what are you doing to take care of you? <laughs> Because if you don't, you can't, I mean, you can push through and grunt through and do a lot of things, but it will never be at the quality you could if you were rested. And so for me, I am, I am creeping up fast on 62, right? So my answer now is going to be different than it would have been 10, 15 years ago. And so for anybody listening, it's like, what is it for you right now that kind of fills you back up? But I do think I w- there are so many things I wish I had known 30 or 40 years ago. I really, really wish I had known them and lived them out. But I think the biggest thing, and and it it's a practice pulled out of the Bible, but it cracks me up seeing, you know, Harvard and other organizations talking about it. If it's a brand new thing, it's like rest, <laughs> you know, or, you know, the sabbatical came from a term Sabbath or Shabbat, right? Is to take a day of rest where you just unplug. And you spend time with family and you kind of regroup. And I'm like, what would our lives be like if we had a full day every single week where we recharged? It's, you know, it's funny that you say that because my mom is 90 and my entire life, she's always said to me, you know, she's a little Sicilian lady and she's with an accent. Marisa, are you, are you resting? Are you resting? She would always say that to me. And I'm like, ma. I'm not 80. Like I don't need to rest, <laughs> but I get it now. I yeah. like, you have to take time to rest. It's, yeah. it's funny that you said that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is fun. We have, we do exactly have the attitude that you, you know, you said back, it's like, no, I'm not old. I don't need to sleep. It's like that. I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of an idea, you know, but it really is. If you, if you shift into doing that, the difference you know, it's, it's not just the, okay, I got to get this done. I know it's important. Okay. Okay. You know, and you just kind of power through 
But after even, again, now I'm assuming that you're not so exhausted that you need a lot more than a day, but let's say you've done sort of a decent job taking care of yourself and you take that day. I find for me, when I come back from that day, I'm like itching to dive back in. So it's really amazing. And I'm like, if we did that every single day or every single week, one day a week, the difference, not only in how we would feel, but what we would bring to the table. And that's something for the leader as well, because it doesn't work if you say that as a leader, but you're texting everybody 24 seven. Right. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, I would tell my people sometimes I'm like, I'm going to send you things after hours. Because if I'm working, then that's fine. But do not respond. Do not look at it. There's no expectation. It's just me getting it done. Okay. So you know, right? Don't respond. I literally just told my team that a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, you're going to see me sending stuff sometimes nights and weekends. I'm not a workaholic. Okay. It's just something comes to mind and I send it to you. I take days off all yeah. the time. Do not respond unless it's work hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Because if you don't set that boundary, you say rest. But then when you send something out, somebody goes, oh, yeah. <sighs> okay, here we go. Right. I've got to right. be available all the time. And and so to me, that is the first thing, you know, is really to, to build that time. And for me personally, um, I have horses that I've said will either keep me young or kill me. That's kind of the, <laughs> what's going to happen. So it's that physical labor as well as the joy. And they are great. Um, how do we put this delicately teaching points for me, things that they do that frustrate me. Um, I will clearly feel God go, um, and when did you do that? And I'm like, Oh, busted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So it's just, it's knowing what it is for you. For me, um, if you tried to yank away kind of my relationship with God, I'd be rootless and I wouldn't be me. Um, for other people, it may be something different, you know, but for me, that is, you know, that, and then, like I said, having the physical outlet of, and I do the care for the horses. So, I mean, I do that physical thing as well as, as the riding. And so just knowing those are the things that, that fill me up, um, and outside of kind of a day off kind of a practice. Um, so those are some of the things for me that I, I build in, cause it's really clear when I have it. And that's the gift and curse of getting older. Cause your body isn't as forgiving. It's like, right. hello, you're an idiot. You're not. <laughs> okay. Since no, I, I live in you, you get to win. Okay, fine. Right. <laughs> I, I really, um, you know, more and more of my guests are talking about faith openly about that's what they, they lean on. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's a time, time in the world where people mm -hmm. are really, you know, looking towards that for guidance and, mm -hmm. and making sure that they, you know, that they, you know, have have faith in order to to help them get through those those uh times both good and bad you know mm -hmm. and and just making sure you have that foundation mm -hmm. so um i think that's great mm -hmm. uh, i have two dogs that test me every day uh one's a pup so she is mm. really learning a lot about She's myself every button yes <laughs> <laughs> yep so that got her totally let's understand. do that again yeah <laughs> um but this is great. We are running out of time. So what advice would you give to someone who's maybe starting out uh, in their organization and maybe in, in you know, getting metrics or, or you know, changing direction? What, what advice would you give to them? You know, I would say two things. One, um, just to bounce back real quick to the 
kind of to the B99 guiding questions framework. There are questions there. I've had a lot of people go, well, this is important for me as an individual, whether I lead or not. So certainly people can go check that out because there's some questions that will help kind of orient and frame. They're not easy questions. They're not designed to be something. Oh yeah. You know, they're designed to really kind of make you think, but if you're starting out or if you're in a new leadership role, for me, it's always do the best you can. You know, because I've seen too many people go, well, this role isn't important enough, so I'm not going to do my best until I get to that role. Well, hopefully you never get to that role then, because if you can't be trusted to show up on your own doing the best you can do, then you don't deserve to have another role. You just don't. And so I would say that first and really understand that it's counterculture right now to go, why do we exist you know, and that's also why do I exist? You know, if the world isn't better, if I haven't done what I'm here to do, then that's not okay. You know, and so I think it's it's taking that time for that deeper reflection, which isn't, you know, we always get there. We're like, okay, well, tell me the, like the two things I need to eat, right? It's like, it's not that easy, right? But we want it to be easy. I would love for it to be that easy, right? <laughs> but it's not. And so those would be a couple things that, that I would really recommend, um, that aren't necessarily what I see happening right now, but they make a lot of difference and they set you up for whatever your next thing is in a way that honors the people that are trusting you to do something as well as how you feel about what you're here to do. That's great. Great advice. Where can people find you, Cheryl? So recalibrate.today um, is the website. They can. There's a tab that says B99 on it. They can certainly find it there. They can pull down the graphic, look at it, get some more information. It's, it's there for people to use. Obviously, we go deeper with our clients, but it's right there, you know, run with it. Um, there's also a, a book that's on there that if they're curious about how leadership and a South African horse safari tie together, tell them to look at that as well. Um, and then obviously, Cheryl at recalibrate.today. Um, and then we're certainly on LinkedIn as well. So Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Oh, thank you so much. And I'd love to meet your mama. <laughs> <She sounds laughs> <great>. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.